Welcome to What the Bump. My name is Jen. And I'm Mariana. We are former labor and delivery nurses who felt called to step away from the bedside after having babies of our own to be full-time birth doulas. Welcome to our podcast where we talk all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and everything in between. Join us here every Wednesday for a new episode. Welcome to another episode of What the Bump. We have Julia here coming on the podcast today to share her birth story. So thank you for sharing your story with us and your time, Julia. Of course. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to dive in, kind of get to know a little bit about you, your family, your birth story. So starting off, give us like a little intro on who you are. Um, Yeah, so I am Julia. Um, I had my first baby boy uh, or my first baby um, six months ago. Um, We are originally, my husband and I are originally from um, up north. um, So the northern east coast, Maine and Massachusetts. Um, We spent the last um, seven years moving around because he was active duty military. We recently just decided to um, about a year and a half ago decided to settle in Charlotte and we love it here. Um, Just kind of exploring a new season of being settled for the first time in ever in our marriage, (laughs) Um, being new parents, um, being in a new area. Um, But this season has been great so far. Yeah, that's awesome. What made you guys like pick Charlotte of all you guys have probably been like a million places. Um, So what made you like draw into Charlotte or pick pick this area? It's so funny. Everyone asks that. And we're like, we don't even really have like a straight answer. Um, we just kind of felt led here. We had actually, neither of us had been to North Carolina ever. Wow. Um, we kind of just chose it off the map, looked at like crime rates in the areas that we wanted to live, things like that, of course. Um, and then just had all of our stuff shipped from Hawaii to North Carolina. And we're like, oh my gosh. We're there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, even was... from Hawaii, girl, I would have stayed in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Uh, I always say that too. Like I probably would have stayed if our family wasn't so far away because it was a 12 hour plane ride one way and that's Um, expensive too like to fly to and from Hawaii is not like a normal (laughs) flight it's very expensive exactly yeah so that was really hard but oh man part of my heart is still there and I like dreamed of like especially being pregnant there I just wanted to like wade in the ocean (laughs) and just like have the beautiful maternity shoot you know at the beach but it's okay. <laughs> like <Wow>. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, my husband and I are the same. So we're from up North. And but when I say up North, I'm talking more like Michigan area. Um, and everybody always says like, well, what brought you guys down to Charlotte? Cause we don't have family here. And we kind of were the same thing. We're like, well, we felt kind of like letting called here. And then we also, my husband had been before and liked it. Um, I came down to like, make sure I liked it before I was kind of on board. And Um, got like a great job offer as a nurse. And it was kind of also like a random thing. You know, I heard, oh, it's moderate weather. It's a nice up and coming, really growing city. That's still pretty safe. And so we were, I was like, sure. Um, So kind of like similar stories. There's nothing like crazy that, you know, made us pick Charlotte. It was just, that's the thing about Charlotte. It's like a good, just all around city. You know, you have so many, I don't know if like amenities is the right word, but like it's, it's a very nice, very big city, very clean. Yeah. Yet you're like a couple hours from the mountains and a couple hours from the beach and you kind of have the best of both worlds. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Actually, um, as we've been new parents, it has been really hard not to have family around. Um, I'm like, I'm sure that you can relate. Um, so I've thought about like, what would our life be if we moved back home? 
and really like you were saying like Charlotte just has so much to offer like we love being right outside of the city so we're not in Charlotte but we're close enough that we can drive in my husband works in Charlotte and yeah there's just like I can't even explain it but I'm sure you know what I'm what I mean um there's just like yeah so much Charlotte has to offer this this area is great I I totally understand why it's growing yeah I go home and I'm like and I don't live in like a tiny town necessarily like my hometown but I go home and I'm like I'm used to having like 60 restaurants to pick between for dinner and I only have 15 now or whatever. You know, you do you yeah. do get like spoiled. I hate to say that, yes. but it's so true. I go home and I'm like, gosh, it's kind of boring here. When in reality, we're just like spoiled rotten with a million things to do at all the moments of the day. Oh my goodness. That is so true. And my husband is from like small, small town, Maine. Like I always tell people they don't even have like a police department, a fire department, their firefighters are like volunteer. So he is like, to- he loves, he loves it here. Um, He like totally does not want to go back to that. But it's so funny when we go back there. Cause I'm like, what are we going to do today? My husband's the same way he lives in. It's called the village of Stockbridge is the town he grew up in. It's like a tiny little village, but really? <laughs> anyways, so off topic. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no Let's talk about your pregnancies. So you mentioned that you have a six month old. Tell me about getting pregnant and kind of finding out you're pregnant. Yeah. So, um, getting pregnant, oh man, it was a total surprise. Um, so we had been, so this year, this new year's Eve, we'll be married seven years. So we have, we had been married, um, at that point, what was it? Um, five years, I guess. Yeah. Um, cause I was pregnant our sixth anniversary. So yeah, we had been pregnant like a little over five years. I mean, sorry, married. married I knew what you meant. <laughs> um, and we actually had a miscarriage in Hawaii right before we left um, in 2021, um, which was also not planned. It was surpri- yeah. That was pregnancy was a surprise also. Um, and yeah, I didn't make it very far in the pregnancy. It was about, I made it about five weeks. Um, didn't even realize that I was pregnant. I was just like, oh, whoa, my period's pretty late. Same thing happened this time. Um, my period was just very late. Um, and I was like, oh, I just kept pushing it off. I was like, oh, I'm sure I'm not pregnant. So my best friend was like, you should probably take a test. And I was like, oh, there's there's like no way. You know, we were just so used to living like just us. And we had never actually like planned. We knew we wanted to be parents, but we had never actually like planned there or said like, this is the perfect time. Um so yeah, it was just total surprise. I took a test and I was like, wow, I guess I, I guess I am pregnant. <laughs> um, but I just felt totally different. Like my first pregnancy, I guess right when I found out, um, it was just like a different feeling, I guess. And I don't know if it was like my intuition. I just kind of knew um, that I would miscarry. I've heard other people say the same thing. Right. Um, but this pregnancy with Roman, um, that's my son's name, who's six months old, um, with this pregnancy, it was just totally different. Like right away I was like okay we need to come up with a birth plan and what are we going to do for this and what we were just like just we knew that like we needed to start like I don't know getting into action like right away I don't know it was just totally different feeling but um yeah it was great and I oh my goodness my pregnancy was incredible I know not everyone has that experience um but when I get into my birth story I guess I kind of I want to say I paid for it but you know I don't know some people have horrible pregnancy, great birth. I had um, a great pregnancy and my birth was a little questionable, I would say, Um, but it's still, it was still great. Um, But yeah, my pregnancy overall was incredible. Like I, my husband's always like, can you just like stay pregnant? I was like, so nice. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say, tell me what, what was so great about it? Like that you didn't expect. Um, I, 
just felt so healthy. For example, like I had gut issues, I've had gut issues um, for my whole adult life, Te- actually my teenage years as well. While I was pregnant, my gut was like felt fully healed. Like it was so good. Um, I, I just felt great. And I, I mean, I was probably cause I was eating better because I was, you know, growing a baby. Right. So I was like, okay, more, a little more conscious of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I just, everyone was like, you're glowing. I never had much. I had a little nausea in the beginning, but not very much. Um, I just, things like didn't bother me very much. Like everything kind of rolled off my shoulders. I was just very calm. Like it was the best I have ever felt. I'm like, oh wow. my goodness. Yeah. I mean, since then I've learned a lot and I definitely don't, I try to stay in that same mindset now. Cause I'm like, oh, I, I remember that, you know? Um, so I, I will say that motherhood has like all around made me a lot like calmer and less, um, I guess less controlling of like my yeah. situations. Um, but yeah, I guess that's why my pregnancy was great. I just felt great all around. Yeah. I feel like too, like when you're a mom, at least for me, I kind of realized like these little things don't matter. Like, uh, like just like yeah. petty stuff. I mean, I love my sisters. I hope they don't listen to my <laughs> podcast much. Um, but they, my one sister, especially who doesn't have kids, um, she calls herself a, uh, shoot. What is it? Oh, it's like, dual dual income fun aunt or something uh, I don't know it's like some saying but I, I probably off of like a dink have you heard that? yeah a dink what, dual yes, income. Yes. what does it stand for dual income no kids yes dual income no kids <laughs> so she calls herself the dink of the family hence you know um oh, but that. she'll even text me about stuff and like she's even older than me but she doesn't have kids so she'll text me about stuff drama whatever and I'm sitting there like girl, I have two humans to keep alive. I don't have time for this. Um, and I think that that's a part well, of motherhood where like we you know. do, a lot of women do become more chill and care less about those little things because like, seriously, for me, I'm like, I, I have my, I spend all my time and energy keeping two humans alive all day long. I really, really do not have time for anything outside of that. Like drama wise, I just try to, you know, yeah. it's enough stress to be a mom. I'm trying to keep everything else at a bare minimum. So yeah. I totally relate to that. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, you're exactly what you said. It's totally spot on. That's exactly what it is, is you realize like some things just aren't that important. You're like, oh, I've got a lot more going on today. <laughs> yeah, I have bigger fish to fry yeah, than, than, than all that. <laughs> well, yes, that's great. Definitely. Okay, so kind of um, getting towards the end of your pregnancy, tell us about like, what were okay. you hoping for your birth? What were you planning? How did you go about yeah. preparing for that? Um, explain kind of what you did for that kind of stuff. Um, and then we'll kind of get into your birth story. Okay. Yeah. So, um, that was another thing during my pregnancy, I like went on this huge journey of like education. Like I felt like I was in like my own college (laughs) almost like Mm -hmm. I wanted to know everything about birth. I wanted to know all the possibilities. I binged podcasts. That's how I found yours. Um, well actually I found yours very early on because, um, I'm not sure if you remember that I kind of off topic, but um, relates to it. I had messaged you. Um, I actually found my midwife through someone that was on your podcast. Okay. Um, through hearing her experience, I was like, I need to know who that is. And I mess. I found her and messaged her. Was like, would you mind sharing who your midwife was? Um, and I can explain that a little bit later. But, um, but yeah. So I um knew that I wanted a home birth. Um, my husband and I just kind of. I think some of living in Hawaii may have played a part in that because in Hawaii, a lot of our um, community there, like our friends we made and things like Homeworth was very normal. A lot of people there are more like natural, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, So it was more common there. And for us, like 
we didn't think like it was odd or weird like we were just like yeah we're having home birth until we like told our family and our family was like what what (laughs) it's crazy you know um but yeah that was our plan we wanted home birth so I was like okay I want to you know learn all that I can about home birth like how can I be more prepared um I love the podcast birthing instincts along with yours what the bomb um (laughs) me too um happy home birth community things like that like there's tons of podcasts that I binge and just learn so much from um so that's kind of how I did my prep work and I really I knew that there were things I wanted to work on physically of course to be physically prepared for birth but mentally I knew that it was going to be like huge for me mentally to work on number one like I said um shutting out people who maybe didn't agree with the route we were taking because that wasn't going to help me and I knew that like I was dead set in having you know a home birth or planning a home birth um so yeah, we planned that. Um, sorry, I'm trying to like remember exactly what you asked. Um, no, you're good. Just like kind of any prep that you kind of did leading up to it. Birth plan, yeah. preferences. Mm-hmm. Obviously having a home birth is like a huge yeah. birth plan slash birth preferences. <laughs> yeah. um, and a lot of things, you know, come along with that, that we can probably assume yeah. you're planning, obviously like unmedicated, all the different yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything else you did to kind of prepare and get ready for birth? That's right. Yeah. So part of it, I knew that it would be unmedicated, which, you know, even if I chose to have a hospital birth, I did want to try to have a natural birth. Um, And I knew that my mental state had to be like really, um, you know, in tune to that. And I had to be like prepared for anything that came about and things like that. Um, And I think a big part, it was like, never having experienced birth at all in any kind of setting I was like I really could prepare as much as I wanted to but like I was like what do I really expect you know like will it actually be painful or is it just some people say it's just uncomfortable or you can you know so that was a lot of the prep work I did um what else I was just thinking sorry I was kind of just thinking um just thinking of something but kind of got off track um obviously hired a home birth midwife Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Okay. That's what I was going to get into for um, midwives, doulas. So um, yes, we, I interviewed some midwives. I did some research online. Um, I'm sure, you know, in Charlotte, it's kind of underground. So that Absolutely. was hard um, because I was like, at first, at the start of finding, looking for a midwife, I was like, like, who's, there's no midwives here, you know, because you look online and you don't find them, you know, right on Google or, you know, you have to kind of get into the community and then you're like, oh, there's this whole community here. Um, So I actually found a doula service first. Um, And I was like learning the differences between a doula and a midwife. I was like, okay, what do I want exactly? And at first I wanted both, but then I was like, oh, financially that was like tough for us. So I was like, all right, I have to choose one. Um, and then once I did end up finding, so I'll go back. So I interviewed a few mid, um, three, I think three midwives total, including the one we, we chose. And I just knew as soon as we talked to our midwife, um, on the phone, I knew like, I was like, yes, like, this is my midwife. I just like knew, like, she just made me feel so comfortable from that first conversation. Like she was just such a great balance. Like I do believe in modern medicine. I do know that it saves lives, you know, um, but I still wanted to have a home birth. So mm-hmm. I guess I call, I we call ourselves like scrunchy, you yes. know, we're not like super grungy, but we're not, you know, kind of in between. Um, and so she was that person for me. Like she supported everything that we wanted, but she informed us. So it was like very focused on informed consent. Um, she had amazing experience of her own with her own family that she could share with me um, in different settings. So I loved that. Um, 
I kind of was still thinking about a doula at the beginning until I officially decided like, okay, we can't afford a doula and a midwife. Then um, the probably the last month of my pregnancy, I started getting really anxious and feeling like I don't know if my husband and I can do this alone until the midwife gets here. I started hearing more stories how like, you know, the midwife doesn't get there right away. She, you know, gets there a little later and you labor on your own at first. And I was like, I've never done this. Do we know what to do? You know, is Joe, my husband, you know, fully on board with being able to like do these different things I'm learning. And um, anyway, I ended up sharing that with my midwife who was, she was amazing. She was like a second mom to me. I like miss being under her care so much. Um, she was incredible, but she, um, told me that there was a doula that she knew that had been a doula, but she was a midwife in training. So she actually needed hours and had never attended a home birth. Um, so she agreed. We had an agreement. I reached out to her. We had a lot of the same views. Um, and we came up with an agreement that she would be at my home birth, um, at no charge, um, of course, for the experience and hours that she needed. And I, I absolutely love her. She was incredible. She was a godsend. Um, I will say moving forward, no matter what it takes, I will find the money somehow. (laughs) I will always have a midwife and a doula um, Mm. because she, yeah, I I can't say like, there's so much I could say, but she was like, like I was texting her and I knew because I knew that like she wasn't charging us. I always like felt bad. Like I didn't want her to come early. I didn't want her, you know, I wanted her to be there and I wanted everything that she was able to offer me, but I didn't want to like take advantage. So, um, but she, yeah, as soon as she knew I was, she's like, I think you're going into active labor. I'm going to come over. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, I don't want you to leave your family. And she's like, nope, I'm coming. She came and I'm so glad she did. I don't know what I would have done without her. Um, because I ended up laboring at home for 19 hours. But wow. Yes. Yeah. You know, it for anybody who doesn't know, um, I know we've talked about it previous podcast episodes, but just in case you're new here, you know, North Carolina is a little bit tricky with home birth. Um, I know Julia mentioned it's like this underground community. You can't just like Google yeah. home birth midwife like you can for, you know, a hospital midwife or even a doula. So the midwives who practice here, you know, they practice because they believe that home birth should be a valid, safe option for women and um, it's not illegal for you to have a home birth. It's just these midwives are practicing kind of like without recognition, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. But I totally agree. You know, having had a home birth myself, like I loved my midwives too. I like still talk to them all the time. Thankfully, now yeah. we get to work together a lot, which is super fun. We have so many mutual yeah. clients, um, but having a doula also on the flip side, it is different. You know, their roles are are really different. Mm-hmm. Um and it's so important to have both of them, but of course, financially, it is hard to swing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sorry about that. Thank I had you. to sneeze. <laughs> um, but okay. So midwife doula, um, mm-hmm. all sounds like, you know, you took those necessary steps to kind of make sure that you had that birth team. And that is so <laughs> important. Tell me, you mentioned 19 hours. So <laughs> tell me about going into labor, how your labor progressed and what, you know, what happened? Yes. So I guess the end of my pregnancy is when I started um, getting into like a, I would say a world where I started to feel not necessarily alone, but I started to find less people like me. Number one, because I was overdue. Um my original due date, which we know now, and I always kind of knew was a little off, was January 25th. Um, I ended up starting um, contractions, very mild, kind of when it started labor on Valentine's Day. 
so February 14th um and yeah it was so what did that technically put you at that put me at I think at the end of it all he he ended up being born on the 18th I was almost three weeks overdue yeah I'm just laughing like the hospital system would have had a stroke I'm not this is not medical advice I'm not advising anybody to go to 43 weeks pregnant by any means but um wow okay so you were like 43 weeks yes um I mean and and you'll and yep and and when I get into the story you'll hear that um we did end up having yeah I'll I'll explain that but um you're right the the hospital system oh can you hear me yeah Okay. Sorry. I got a call. Um, yeah. So I, um, yeah, I started contracting. So I was overdue. So I was being monitored closely. Um, like I said, although I wanted a home birth, like I still knew that there, you know, there's some risks, um, with being overdue, things like that. I did my own research and what I felt was best, you know, for me and, and my baby. And so, um, we had a great private, um, ultrasound tech that we went to that's been practicing for years. She was incredible. I saw her, um, a couple times throughout my pregnancy. Cause I did have an anatomy scan at 20 weeks. And then when I was overdue, I went to her once a week for, um, like those three weeks. Piece. So yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, actually the last ultrasound that I had was on Valentine's Day and that was the day that I started contracting and I was like I think I'm contracting I'm not sure like it's so mild that and she's like oh yeah you are but during that ultrasound she saw that my um waters were a little cloudy Mm -hmm. and so she said um it could be vernix or it could be meconium Mm -hmm. and um so she you know sent in a message to my midwife and my midwife we were all kind of aware then of course that not only was I overdue but everyone was telling me the risks of meconium and all this again always did my own research I made sure that I knew like I already knew because listening to all these podcasts and stuff I knew that like what that was all about um, so we had decided that we we're going to continue, you know, still dry home birth. Um, my contractions progressed very slowly from the 14th to midnight on the 17th, which was a Tuesday to a Friday. Wow. Um, <laughs> yes. So um, at midnight on the 17th is when my, um, I kind of started to like, it's so funny. Um, I just got a text from my friend and I, I kind of started to like go off the grid slowly. Like the 14th, I was still talking to people. The 15th, I was texting some close people. The 16th, I was, and then because they progressed more and more and I just felt like I had to rest more and more. And then my husband started, you know, was like, okay, I'm done with work now. Um, a couple days before. And I was just resting a lot, kind of just riding it out. And then yeah, midnight on the 17th, my doula was like, okay, I'm going to come. Like, it sounds like you're you're having a consistent pattern. They're a little more intense. Um, she ended up coming. Um, I was on the birthing ball. I was, um, or medicine or yeah, <laughs> exercise ball. You know what I mean? I was doing those exercises. I was in different, she had me in different positions. Um, I was resting a lot, resting as much as I could, um, until I couldn't. And then eventually she was like, okay, do you want to get in the tub? And I was like, yes, that was like what I wanted, you know, the water birth. And so, um, yeah, I got in the tub right before my midwife got here. Um, I, I will say, I do question if I got in the tub a little early, um, because as soon as I got in the tub, my contraction, like I wasn't getting a good, like a close enough contraction pattern. And so my midwife had me come out of the tub. So I was kind of in and out of the tub for 
a few hours. Um, my midwife did check me around. So again, I started like in more intense contractions at midnight and then at 12 PM that day, um, my midwife checked me and I was about eight or nine centimeters dilated. So okay. we're like, all right, like, yeah. this is great. You know, um, like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, let's go, like, let's have this baby, you know? Um, but then I sat there for hours. Mm. Um, so my water ended up breaking. And um, as I lost fluid, the meconium got thicker. I was now laboring for almost 19 hours um, all around the house, which was incredible, honestly, like in every position I could, but I just was not progressing. Um, were you like, so you were like stuck kind of right between that eight and nine centimeters? Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. So I was um, stuck between the eight and nine centimeters. Um, and we did not know why um, he seemed, it seemed like everything was great. You know, he was right. in perfect position. I just, my contraction pattern was not consistent. And so my midwife was like, that's not, that's why he's not able to kind of like move down because right. you're going in and, you know, in and out or slowing down and speeding up and things like that. I, um, sorry, going back a little bit, I did try the midwife sprue to induce labor. Okay. Um, and <laughs> when did person, you drink that? Like what day? Um, I drank the midwife's brew, um, much before, um, like the week before Valentine's day. Oh, okay. So it didn't work for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it didn't work for me. Um, I can't really, okay. I can hear you better now. Um, it didn't work for me. Um, and then I, yeah, I was going to try it again. Um, the, or I guess I, sorry, trying to think back, but, um, yeah. Okay. I was going, so what it was is that I tried it and I had two doses. Um, the second one I ended up throwing up, um, but yeah, it, it didn't work for me, but while my midwife was here, she gave me, um, I honestly can't tell you the exact, what exactly what it was. I forget. I'd have to ask her, but, um, she did give me a couple of other things she had to naturally, um, speed up my, um, contractions. Um, those also made me vomit. Um, and it just, yeah, I was just not progressing. So anyway, with the meconium being thicker and thicker and um, me losing water and then just not progressing, um, we kind of just knew that it was probably time to go to the hospital. Um, and, you know, this is something that we prepared for. Like I said, I'm like, I try not to be so much in control, but I am definitely a planner. And so I did talk to my midwife about like what we would do, what hospitals we preferred, things like that. So we had a plan and I'm so grateful that it wasn't an emergency. Right. So, um, so yeah, we, and, and I told her that too, like when would, if I did transfer, like basically I didn't want to feel like I wasn't capable of doing it. And that's why I had to transfer. And she told me, she said, you will know if that comes about, you will just know that that's what needs to be like, you right. will never feel that way. you will know you did all that you could. And it wasn't about like, you know, you not being able to do it. And right. so that's exactly what happened. You know, I knew that like, it was, I felt comfortable. I felt peace in my decision at that time. I was like, okay, we chose to drive to a hospital an hour away um, because they have a phenomenal team of midwives who um, were great. Um, even when I, went in um the plan was to get some pitocin to hopefully get me in a um regular contraction pattern and then yeah have the baby and we went and I got the pitocin and I had um they gave me you probably know what it is the gas um nitrous oxide 
yes nitric um oxides so they gave me that and I was like oh my gosh this is incredible like really took the edge off of those contractions um although I feel like I was doing great at home um but then they started increasing the Pitocin and I quickly could not do it anymore. I was like, I would do labor naturally all over again um, over having Pitocin. It just became unbearable um, for me personally. Um, and because I didn't, you know, have enough dural anything yet. And then at that time, um, we started talking about possibly because I still couldn't get in a regular contraction pattern. We started talking about an epidural and, um, that hospital, I will say they were phenomenal. They did absolutely everything that they could for me. They had a, um, they had an OB come in. She manually went up and twisted his head, tried to move his head mm -hmm. twice. And he just kept going back into place. Um, and what it was is that, um, not to backtrack too much, but long story short, I think what happened is me trying to induce labor naturally. I did a certain thing that I saw on YouTube that moved him out of place just slightly. And his head was no longer um, in perfect position. Mm. Um, so it was kind of off to the side. Um, not sure what you would call that. Um, Asynclitic. Okay. I was going to say, I know there's different terms, right? <laughs> yes. So yeah, basically that's what it was. Um, and like I said, they tried everything that they could um, during that whole time. Um, man, it happened so quick. My husband was like, it was for him. It was so long. He's like, I was so scared for you. But for me, it was like so quick. I didn't realize that I, we got to the hospital around 7 PM and um, this was like an all night ordeal. And the OB looked at me after she, you know, tried to move the baby twice and said, have you ever, did you think about a C-section? And I looked at her and I said, absolutely not. Do you, did you have an epidural when she was doing that or no? No. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, that is intense. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Um, so I, um, yeah, so I, she said, have you thought about a C-section? And I looked at her and I said, absolutely not. Like we're doing that, but it was getting more and more, you know, intense with the Josen. So anyway, I ended up opting for an epidural and I asked them, I said, what do people usually get for, you know, a number? And I want to say they said nine, um, maybe not. I could be totally off with those numbers, but I asked them for a four. I was like, okay, I want a four. I still wanted to feel things, you know, I still wanted to be able to move my legs and things like that. Um, and I had never experienced that. So I didn't know what a nine or what a four meant. I just kind of wanted a lower number than people usually start at. And so they gave me what I wanted. Um, I could still, you know, what I was no longer, you know, in that pain. Um, and yeah, basically through all that time, I want to say it was maybe like 1am and they came in and were like, okay, you know, I, it kind of was just like, um, sorry, I'm forgetting like a whole, You're good. Sorry. I'm, I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I should have written this down. Um, it was just, it was definitely a journey for sure to get Roman here. Um, thinking back, okay, what had happened actually, my midwife came with us, which was the best thing ever. Like she was phenomenal. Um, helped us really call the shots, which was really important during our journey because as they upped the Pitocin, his heart rate started to drop. And that's when my midwife said, cut the Pitocin off right now. And the nurses questioned it. They were like, why? And she was like, the baby's heart is dipping. Like his heart is like, we need to turn it off. And I was like, and they, you know, of course she had no say there. She doesn't work at that hospital. Right. Um, so they were just like questioning her and I had to look at them and say, stop it. 
And so they did. And then, um, of course, at that moment, that's when I kind of was like, and then my, yeah, my midwife looked at me and was like, I, I think that the best option would be probably to have a C-section now. And I, I just knew at that time, you know, that was what was best for my baby. Um, we tried all that we could. Everyone did everything to support me. Like the amount of people that um, supported me through that labor was, it was so many people. Like, I wish I could thank all of them. You know, right. it was incredible. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I didn't end up going into a C-section until 9am the next morning. Well, that was uh, truly not an emergency yeah. then, which is good. <laughs> right, right. So it was, like I said, you know, everything, we tried everything that we could. Um, that's just, you know, the way that Roman wanted to be born or needed to be born, I guess. And um, so all that to say, like, I don't feel like I hold any trauma um, over that birth at all, over my birth at all with Roman. Um, and I think that a lot of it goes back to being so comfortable with my provider, um, trusting her, um, her knowing exactly what I wanted. She was there every step of the way. Um, and yeah, like I said, that just, that's kind of just what needed to, to happen. Sorry. I feel like that was so long winded and there was so much to that. And I probably forgot a few things. Um, but yeah, that was kind of, my well, journey. it's hard to recap 19 hours plus, yeah. you know, in, in a short yeah. little podcast. Um, but I really think you like, you know, you hit it on the head there when you said like, even though, you know, that C-section was the opposite of the birth plan that you wanted, which was a home birth. It doesn't seem like you have any trauma there, which is so amazing because, um, you'll hear a lot of people say like, and we've said this on the podcast before, but healthy mom and healthy baby, like as long as the mom and baby are healthy in the end, that's all that matters. But you are living proof that actually how we get there and that journey is what matters because had you just gone from, you know, a home birth to a C-section and not had everything that happened along the way that made you feel empowered, like you were making the decision supported, loved by the people taking care of you, you would have definitely had birth trauma, but because mm -hmm. how you got to that C-section you didn't have birth trauma because you made the choices and you knew it was right for yourself and your body and your baby. And so now you can sit here and tell your story that, you know, you didn't expect to happen, um, with, with no, you know, no birth trauma there, which is just amazing. I always say like how we get to healthy mom and healthy baby is actually not what matters most necessarily. Cause obviously having a healthy baby, like is very important. Um, but it really, really matters. It really does. And it's amazing to hear you kind of tell this story of, um, almost like a beautiful birth in just yes. in a way that you didn't expect it to happen. Definitely. I, and honestly, like sometimes I even question like, why don't I have trauma as weird as that sounds? Because yeah. even when like I called my mom, cause my mom wasn't there. Even when I called her and like told her, like I had to have a C-section, she like almost cried. She was like, what? Right. Like everyone was just like, what? Like everyone felt worse for me than I felt myself. Yeah. And I was like, no, like you guys don't understand. Like I still felt so empowered. Like I was so supported. Like that's amazing. And yeah. And I just, yeah, like no trauma at all. And I'm like, I feel so sorry for people who had a similar, maybe a similar, you know, outcome to me and journey as me, um, but have some trauma there because right. I'm like, I just wish that it didn't have to be that way because sometimes I just understand things so much better now. Sometimes it has to happen that way. You know, how else would we have had Roman? Like who, you know what I mean? Like what, I just knew that that, that had to, to be and, and that's okay. And now my baby's here and we were both healthy and um, my C-section was, I don't want to say, you know, is that ever great? I don't know. It's a major surgery, but, um, I healed well. I had support in the hospital. Um, Roman ended up having to be taken to the NICU. Um, 
And that was probably the hardest part for me. Um, but even still, like we had all the support we needed um, within that hospital. And I, I just can't thank them and just everyone throughout the whole experience. Enough, yeah. so. That's awesome. I always say as a doula, like my job isn't necessarily like your birth outcome. Of course, I try to prevent C-sections. Of course, I do everything to make your birth plan come into fruition as much, if not completely. But at the end of the day, like my main goal and what I do is to make you come out of your birth feeling empowered and without trauma. Um, mm-hmm. And that just comes from, you know, education and helping you make every decision along the way you make them, not somebody else. And, you know, the outcome or how we get there necessarily um, sometimes, you know, isn't the most important thing. Um, so that's just, that's, that's great. Um, yeah. And I'm glad to hear, you know, yeah. you felt good after you healed good. Mm-hmm. Um, as yeah. far as like, you know, that immediate postpartum time, you mentioned a little bit, you know, he was in the NICU, um, but mm-hmm. how was postpartum for you as far as, you know, healing recovery, once you guys got home and everything? Um, again, I'm going to go back to, I think everything was my support. Like my midwife, oh my goodness, I, I could rave about her forever. Like she is just phenomenal. Like even when they took him to the NICU, it was like 4.30 a.m. one morning and I like started crying and I called her and she picked up. Like she was in her bed sleeping, but she picked up and was like, you know, and I was, I mean, I was still under her care because she would see us for six weeks, you know, postpartum, but um, she just made sure to check on me Um you know, to always be a call and a text away. Um, I had um, my best friend had a baby a couple weeks before me. Um, and I would just say that the people who went before me really helped me prepare um, and really helped me with my mental state. And I just feel like my postpartum experience was so great because people reminded me to sleep, yeah. to take care of myself, to um, not to feel like I needed to get everything done while baby was sleeping. But I know there's like a joke, like sleep when baby sleeps. And I've seen those videos of people like (laughs) sleeping, like every, you know, like joking around, but no, really, like I would sleep with, you know, when he slept and um, I would say number one was like my sleep for the, at least the first three weeks, um, especially for healing for my C-section and everything. Um, And so, yeah, I I felt great postpartum. I didn't really have many complications at all. Like my, even with my C-section, like I didn't, they prescribed me medication for the pain. I never had to take it. Um, I just, yeah, it was just, I have to say it was, it was great. Um, And a part of me feels, I don't know if I would say feel, I feel guilty saying that, but I know not everyone has that experience, you know? And so um, I guess that's part of why I wanted to share my story so that people know that even if it, you know, your outcome is not something that you planned. It doesn't necessarily have to be traumatic. It doesn't have to be a bad experience. You know, um, there's definitely still a lot of sunshine and rainbows in um, the unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. I had a really great postpartum, I would say. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I totally agree. And your, your birth story definitely depicts what you just mentioned. (laughs) Um, If you kind of one last thing, like had to give me your, and it might be just what what you just said, but like kind of your last big piece of advice that you would give um, after having your birth experience, what would that be? Um, definitely, like I keep saying, you know, my support system, make sure that you, no matter what setting you choose to give birth in, um, I would say just make sure that you have trust in your provider. I know I've heard that some people, you know, they go to their appointments and then they, 
they get what's done and kind of just leave. I'm all about relationships, even in my personal life. And for me, it was like big for no matter where I was going to have a baby, like my provider, I needed to have a relationship with them. I wanted them to know what my concerns were. I wanted them to know, um, you know, especially after, you know, having a miscarriage, Roman was our rainbow baby. So we did have a lot of, you know, concerns at the beginning and a lot of fear at the beginning that my midwife helped us through. And so no matter whether it's a midwife in OB, you know, whoever the provider is, um, just like I always tell people like if you don't feel like you can trust your provider don't feel like you can go to them with anything for your pregnancy like it's okay to choose another provider you know it's definitely because look it it totally like it totally affects the outcome I really oh it it can oh absolutely it can it can your whole support system your doula your provider (laughs) even then if you have a hospital the nurse that you have that day as a former labor and delivery nurse and doula Every single person in that room can make or break your birth. I have seen a bad nurse taint an entire birth experience and even like, like mess the outcome up that I think we could have had, had we had a nurse that was supportive of certain things and absolutely same with provider a hundred percent. They, they can change your birth and the outcome and people do not put enough weight on that. I'm like a broken record as a doula. trying to convince people to switch practices from certain hospitals and certain providers to other ones. If you're in the Charlotte area and need recommendations, I got them. Um, but really it matters. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Yeah. That's what I would say. Those are my key things when I thought about, you know, what I want to share here. Um, yeah. That, you know, your provider really plays a huge part in your story and, um, yeah, that every unexpected, basically, yeah, there's sunshine and rainbows in the unexpected as well. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I really, really did enjoy hearing your story. Um, I think that it really does depict everything that you said. It's such a good reminder for everybody to, you know, who is heading into the end of their pregnancy, getting ready to give birth. Birth is unknown. It can be, mm-hmm. you know, unexpected. You can do all the planning, preparation, have an amazing team, but, you know, that outcome can be really anything. And a lot of it can be out of our control. So you do the best to control what you can have the team that you love, educate yourself as much as possible. Um, but you know, it can still be beautiful and empowering and amazing no matter what that end end is. Definitely. Definitely. And I want to thank you for being part of my journey, um, my education in the beginning (laughs) and throughout pregnancy and, um, yeah, just, you know, the different stories, I, other birth stories I hear really helped me um, to choose what I wanted and what was best for me too. So, well, you're so sweet. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast and, you know, now thank you for being a part of it. Um, I love when people are like, oh, I listened to your podcast, my whole pregnancy, and then they get to come on and yeah. tell their story. I just think that it's a really fun, cool thing. So thank you so much. It is. Yeah, it definitely is for me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.